Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Cajun Land USA here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and here to help you, I'm, uh, my listeners, to knowing and impacting the world around them. As always, you're welcome to join me on this illuminating journey. Uh, if you're listening by phone, we are doing live. <clears throat> so, uh, to all those persons listening, if you'd like to call in, the number is 347-237-5230. I am having a senior moment already. <laughs> and always, you can follow us on all our social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. Facebook, you go to Pastor Neil's Zero Network, and you can see all the shows we've done up to this point, and uh, listen, share, comment, all that stuff. Also on Twitter, the show handle is at uh, Zera Radio, at Z-E-R-A Radio, and uh, my personal handle is at Lorenzo T. Neal. Hit us up on our page, uh, Facebook page, Instagram, Pastor Zoe 75 What else are we on? Well, what that I'm on. <laughs> uh, but we appreciate all that you are doing and uh, helping us. If you'd like to continue to help you help us, we want to invite you to do so. Become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. You can help uh, support this show, help us um, buy new equipment, do all kinds of stuff. Because of your generosity, we've been able to upgrade quite a bit uh, over the years, and we just appreciate you. The, all of you who share, whatever you share, we appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal and uh, consider becoming a patron. One of the biggest things, uh, benefits become a patron. Not only do you get a shout out, I give you a shout out, but you can also get up, uh, you get uh, things that I don't post on my Facebook page, uh, some things I may not paste, post on my uh, website. You get that information there at Patreon. So consider becoming a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, what else is there? I think it's all. Today is the first day of Passover, and uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about that today. We're talking, of course, uh, 
about the pandemic and the passion. So you'll hear uh, a little bit about that today. I, I got to be honest with you. This is it's just um, it is very unusual. This is a, uh, a, a disjoint in our usual existence. And so many people have been greatly impacted by the coronavirus, the COVID-19 virus. And I want to strongly encourage you, continue to follow the guidelines as set out by our federal and state um, authorities. Practice social distancing when you go out. I encourage you to wear a mask. This is just me. I encourage you to wear a mask if you go out. And if you feel any symptoms of any kind, even if you think you're asymptomatic, I strongly encourage you to get tested. Um, I have had a number of acquaintances lose loved ones to this, um, and I take it very seriously. As part of the vulnerable population, I am doing my best to make sure I stay healthy enough to continue in ministry, to uh, carry on in prayer and ministry for those who have been impacted by this virus across this world. So please do your best. Do your best. And, and I might as well go ahead and lead in. This is why I don't understand uh, churches who are refusing or refusing to uh, close their doors for physical worship. And, and the, mind you, Mind you, we have when I when I do my virtual service, we have persons inside the service, inside the church, uh, doing the things that we would normally do uh, post uh, service. You know, uh, we have persons bringing funds and offerings and donations, whatever. We have persons there to collect. I'm in the office some most of the time during the week, not during my regular hours. But I'm there and still offering prayer and pastoral counseling. We, we're trying to keep uh, as much intact as possible without physically meeting. But as many of you probably know, if you not have not heard, you know, there are a number of churches that are um, practicing their First Amendment right to assemble. And, and it's interesting that a lot of these churches are using this uh this uh, argument um there's a church in Gary Indiana of course there's the church in central Louisiana um there's this article of a church in California where the uh landlords of this particular uh church that happened to be uh another church owned the building or owned the meeting space and they were leasing it out to another church cross culture Christian center um, they 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 went in and they changed the locks of that worship facility to ensure that the pastor not let those folks gather. And you know, some people are making a big bit, big 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 deal out of this. But then there's a pastor who happens to be a nurse in Gary, Indiana, and I'm getting this from um, the old black church. I want to uh, thank Sister Ann Brock. Who maintains this site and posts quite a bit, but this this nurse, um, her name is uh, Joyce Oliver, and she and her husband are the pastors of Embassies of Christ Kingdom Ministries, and she posted to whatever on her social media directly, and she says to President Trump, President Trump, we have a constitutional right to assemble to worship, release our churches to open immediately. 
We will worship on Easter Sunday, April 12th. We are not afraid of the virus. The blood of Jesus covers us. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, I, I I know it's Passover, and I know that the the, the Israelites' descendants were uh, told to put blood of the lamb over their doorposts. And when the plague came to uh, the Egyptians, it would pass over them, and they celebrate. That's what we acknowledge. That's what Jews acknowledge during Passover, and we acknowledge the fulfillment of that in the person of Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. But I'm going to get into that later. So the question becomes, you know, well, I'm not sure if it's a question, but will they, for example, for example, for example, for example, for example, they're using this argument of freedom to assemble, constitutional right to assemble, when it's them and it's church and it's worship. The question becomes, will they use that same argument for non-religious groups? They can't now. All these pre- all these churches, pastors, and ministries using this argument can no longer use that argument when it's someone that they disagree with. So if it's an abortion, <laughs> march, or rally, they can't they can't protest it. If it's a sat- <laughs> Satanist group. They can't protest it. If it's anything that they disagree with, they can no longer that this argument against anything other than what they are for has now been made null because they are using it to say that they have to they have to gather they have a right and you know to say say it to President Trump and uh, and, and and look I, I I'm not going to deny. The mystical applications or um, implications of the blood of Jesus and all of that. Um, I, I I used to say it all the time. I plead the blood and all that, but you know, it, well. Anyway, I'm, I'm gonna leave that on. But this goes back to <laughs> this, you know, this religious freedom argument um, that evangelicals use in so many occasions. To create laws that, that seem to be discriminatory, like here in Mississippi and Indiana, uh, what they tried in North Carolina and Georgia, many other southern states where they tried to use a religious freedom or religious liberty, whatever they used, to create uh, laws against what they believed, you know, to be ungodly, is now being used against them, and well, against their president. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're championing president uh, so that they can have churches. Simply, and this all stems from one thing, one soundbite Trump, uh, President Trump said that simply said that he hopes that the country that we can get all of this done and out of, you know, we can be in the clear by Easter because he understood how sacred Easter is for his. Uh, one, his political base, the evangelical Christians. It's the highest, uh, <laughs> next to Christmas, highest observant of the Christian faith here in the States. And he was just trying to be hopeful that, you know, we could have crowds again and people can get back into uh, that place. And um, 
Well, it's not going to happen. And I'm of the I'm of the sense, you know, I'm practical as I can be. Um, and as much as I miss the physical gathering, the collective worship and corporate worship, as much as I've missed that, I I put the lives of those whom I serve first. I push I put their lives first. And uh I I know that if I bring them in, it will put them in greater harm, and I'd be doing a great disservice to them and to God. You know, I wouldn't be loving my neighbor as myself. Uh, but, but you know, there are a lot of churches doing this, and they're they're doing this. Some some are, are saying they're doing this because they missed money. It's all about money. They're pimps. They're just trying to make sure the cash flow stays. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, my my. My church, we have not missed. Well, I'm not saying we have not missed, uh, but our people have been faithful in ensuring that the uh, the day-to-day operations and the bills get paid. I have a congregation that values the ministry, understand who understand that even though their physical presence is not there, they are still uh, people who are invoked upon to carry on the work of the church. And to ensure that it's maintained. So the building still gets clean, even though nobody's there. We still have uh, our, our crew comes in and they clean and sanitize. And so when we do meet, it will be it will be there. I still have board meetings, and I, you know, yesterday uh, I was in the, in the in the sanctuary and I I took the time to pray as I usually do, but you know it was a little bit more intense, a little longer than I usually do. And it was it was very very focused uh, prayer. Was you know if I can just be honest with you. So the members understand we are still laboring, although we're not physically gathering and celebrating one another. You know, uh, one of the things I hate is that the children won't be able to give their Easter speeches live and in person. That's the best part of Easter Sunday to me. <laughs> and also getting back when I was a kid, we got bags after Easter every. Uh, and Christmas, they give us a bag of goodies and have some eggs and candy and and cookies, whatever goodie and fruit. They always put fruit in there. Never understood why they put fruit in there, but I appreciate it. They got us into the habit of eating fruit. But uh, <laughs> and, and with, and every church I've I ministered at, I served as a pastor. They've done the same thing, and you know they also did the Easter egg hunt thing. And you know I'm not a, I. I, I've been able to help my members understand and differentiate between Resurrection Sunday and Easter, and they understand all that stuff. You know, they they know all of that, all of that stuff. They they, they know the the real meaning of that word and all that. I've been teaching that for a number of years, so they still call it Easter. I don't care. They still want to have an egg hunt because it's for the kids. Fine. That ain't hurting my spirituality. It ain't hurting theirs. As matter of fact, it, it's, it's still fun. It's fun. Um, but anyway, that's one of the the Easter speeches. <laughs> that, that's the thing I'm going to miss. I tell you that. If nothing else, I'm definitely going to miss that. Speaking, speaking of Easter, Easter Sunday, uh, Lakewood Church, Pastor Joel Osteen is doing a big virtual Easter service. And not only, you know, it's a virtual thing, 
But again, he got Kanye West and his choir. I don't know how they're going to do that because you can't have more than 50 people. And I, I know there's more than 50 people in Kanye's Sunday service choir. So I don't know how they'll do that. Uh, but I'm sure they're going to make it happen. You also have Tyler Perry and Mariah Carey. I want to go to that church now. <laughs> just to see Mariah. I'll join that service just to see. I, it's not like I have anything else to do. <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm serious at the same time. Uh, so, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's all day Sunday. Uh, so you, you'll be able to watch. I don't know if he's going to have them on at all. Uh, well, it's Saturday, too. I, I, they do Saturday service. So you got you got uh, Saturday, April the 11th, and then you got Sunday, April 12th, and don't have it. But Mariah Carey, wow. So you know what? I just might catch it. I just might catch that. That show. But anyway, back to this, back to this, uh, this whole thing about the churches, and I understand separation of church and state. That is not, that that's not what we're we're uh, arguing. What we're arguing is, uh, are you willing to put your ministry at liability, at possible liability, should someone? Uh, Become infected with the virus at your event. We we have learned already of one pastor who passed away from COVID, who preached a funeral where hundreds of persons were in attendance and possibly exposed those all of those attendees to the virus. That and the, just think about that. And in an act of service in ministry, while he himself was. Uh, ill, preached his funeral, and you, you know, it's a black preacher, you know, y'all know how we get, you don't know how we get at funerals, just imagine how we get at funerals, just imagine how, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the fact that he came in contact, the choir, came in contact with the morticians, came in contact with the family, and came in contact, maybe not direct contact, but contact. And it's a great possibility as they traced back who he was in contact, you know, there's hundreds of persons who could be possibly infected. And, yes, we know that not all persons who are infected uh, pass away. I have a very good pastor friend who was infected, and um, he recently gave us, a, he informed us that he was, as asked for us to pray. We prayed, uh, well, we all prayed, those he asked, we prayed, and uh, we received word that he is in recovery, he is well, he's quarantined from his family, uh, and they tested negative. So so not all who are infected with this will succumb to it, but it does change their life. And I, I've heard several other stories of survivors, uh, first responders who were infected and um, and have be it, are now in recovery. Those staff in the medical centers, facilities who were who have gotten infected or come in contact and uh, tested, and you know we got to give credit to them. I applaud. I applaud all 
of our doctors, our nurses, our first responders, and uh, all of our restaurant workers, you know, fast food restaurant workers, our uh, all these persons who are essential workers. We can go down the line. And the grocery stores, thank you. Grocery store employees, thank you so much for still working. It, um, I, and again, I want to encourage those of you who are going out, if you have to go out, please, you know, be aware. If you're not going to wear a mask, just be aware, you know, of, of, of the social distancing as best you can so we can curb this virus. And um, we pray for all of those who lost loved ones because of this virus. We are now learning that um, worldwide there have been uh, over a million people diagnosed and there have been at least 80,000 deaths worldwide. Uh, I believe uh, several thousand here in the States. Um, here in Mississippi where I am and in Louisiana, my home, nearly thousands, if not 2,000 or more deaths, uh, thousands. Uh, I may have got that number wrong. Please forgive me. Uh, thousands infected, uh, hundreds, at least hundreds dead in um, Louisiana. Here in Mississippi, we have uh, nearly 2,000 infected at last uh, count, but there are uh, nearly four, almost five dozen persons who have passed away uh, just in this in this past week. In, uh, total in the last two weeks, total about uh, nearly five dozen persons, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when you look at the population of Mississippi, it is a lot. And also, unfortunately, across the board here in the states, the vast majority of persons who have been infected and passed away from the virus have been African Americans. In Mississippi, it's actually about 50% of those persons infected as well as passed away are African Americans, which means that we need to do better and I, you know, it's not a race thing. We just, uh, be honest with you, yeah, we we black folk, most especially us in here here in the south, we do home remedies first. If we feel a sneeze, if we feel a fever, we're gonna do home remedy before we go to the doctor. And I believe that's probably why a lot of persons uh, have gotten infected because they were doing home remedies. Uh, and for those persons, there were a lot of African Americans who were asymptomatic. Some were asymptomatic and chose to get tested and tested positive. Some were asymptomatic and did not get tested and succumbed. And later, uh, post te- uh, post death testing, they were found to have been infected. So we just gotta we we do have to war against that. And we've got to do a better job. Speaking of warring against that, uh, the Reverend Kenneth Copeland, apostle, prophet, or whatever you want to call him, he definitely is 
a Christian business entrepreneur par excellence. And I used to, you know, I used to follow him and uh, support his ministry and everything. And it's like the older he gets, and, and, and please don't take it offense if you're a supporter of Kenneth Copeland. I just noticed that the older he gets, uh, he's becoming more uh, disconnected from his original message. And it's really kind of scary. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what his personal health is like, but I, uh, he has, he, he's, he's just becoming more disconnected. And he, he still believes that he has authority over a whole lot of stuff. If you recall, he has authority over hurricane. He has authority over earthquakes. And now he has authority over uh, COVID. So in the last several weeks, he's been making um, making rounds in social media because he's been saying some things that I'm going to let you hear. I have three clips I want you to play. The first one is from um, mid-March, and it was um, at a service he, he preached, and uh, in this in this first clip, he prophesied. This is what he's prophesying. This is what he says the Lord told him it's not going to be long. This uh, second clip is a few weeks later, March 30th, or at least it was posted uh, around March 30th. Somewhere in there, and he again takes authority uh, over this virus. And then the most recent clip, the third clip is the most recent clip, just from a few days ago, where um, he really, really gets serious. Let me so let me go ahead and play this first clip. It's about a little over a minute long, and listen to what he says. Friday night at 9:24. Now, Gloria and my usual routine is <clears throat> we go to bed early and listen to a couple of messages by Brother Hagen, watch the 700 Club by, you know, 10, 10, 30, turn the light out. Well, we had just listened to Brother Hagen, that first message, and suddenly the word of the Lord came to me. So I, I jumped up and got my notepad and wrote it down, 924. This disease called CODV-19 will be over much sooner than you think. Christian people all over this country praying have overwhelmed it. Give me all the glory, saith the Spirit of grace. And many, many people will come to know me through it. I'm still Lord over this nation. I'm on the throne, and faith in me changes things. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. So that was Kenneth Copeland, and that was uh, uploaded to his uh, YouTube channel, his ministry YouTube channel, on March the 15th. Now, it's very clear that he said the Lord showed him this. Uh, so, he said it would not last long. And he uses, he says that I'm still Lord over this 
nation. And um, so for it, it comes across as if God is only concerned about the U.S., not about everybody else. So God is going to make sure that the U.S. is not impacted by this. The whole rest of the world with their godless self can go on. Now I am I'm inferring a whole lot. I'm reading a whole lot into that, but but I just want to, you know, I'm making it serious because it really is. It, it really is. Now, this is what he said. It's not going to last long. At that time, we were just in the, it was all, everything was in the infancy stage. Um, even President Trump was not taking it as serious, even though he had put a, a task force together by this time. And, and there were, um, uh, I, I think the, Number of cases were still limited, most in Washington State, Florida, and New York. So it wasn't as spread at the time, and um, most states had not put into place any type of uh, anything. Most states were trying to take leadership from uh, the President's Task Force, the CDC, uh, the World Health Organization, all these other uh global health organizations and as, as they were wrestling. So he, he that's why I, I guess he just assumed because there were not a lot of cases and just like Ebola, just like swine flu, just like bird flu, just like uh what mad cow and all these other things that you know the the media hyped up as uh, a pandemic that turned out to be little more than nothing. So it is. Uh, now, this next clip is just about two weeks later. And listen to what he said. Now, this is about two, two and a half minutes, and I may cut it off, but I want you to listen to it. So here we go. We'll exercise judgment right now. Because we In have. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Standing in the office of the prophet of God. I execute judgment on you, COVID-19. I execute judgment on you, Satan, you destroyer, you killer, you get out, you break your power, you get off this nation. I demand judgment on you. I demand, I demand, I demand a vaccination to come immediately. Yes. I call you done. I call you done gone. You come down from your place of authority, destroyer. You come down and you crawl on your belly like God commanded you when he put his foot on your head in the Garden of Eden. You will destroy through COVID-19. No more. No more. No more. It no more. is finished. finished. It is over. And the United States of America is healed and well again. Saith the mighty Hallelujah. Spirit. Glory. Glory. Of peace, who is also the Prince of War, the Lord Jesus Christ.
<laughs> so, all right. Now, uh, this sounds like he's a little, 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 little more concerned about the virus than he was two weeks prior. Not only that, if you listen closely, he shifts between him declaring and then the Lord speaking. And, and you have to listen really clearly because it, it he makes it sound as if it's God's talking and and he said one thing. And if you listen to, especially when he talks about, you know, sending him back on his belly to crawl like the Lord originally, yeah, that's all Copeland. That's not the Lord. That's all Copeland. But then he has to come back in and bring the Lord into it. And, uh, yeah. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. I, I believe God is sovereign. I believe God is sovereign. That uh, we can't tell him or make him do anything. Um, we can um, invoke him as Moses did. And, uh, you know, Moses, when God said he wanted to, you know, he, he was repenting of, 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 Bringing deliverance to his people, and Moses invoked them and said, "You're the Lord. You gotta, you know, follow through with your promise and follow through with your what you said." And the Lord repented. Uh, the Lord did do that because Moses told him, "Waxed, well, you know." The Lord didn't do that because that the Lord has His own mind, and He, we believe Him to be sovereign. And we read in Old Testament scripture where he changes his mind. He did that with uh, <laughs> Jonah. He sent Jonah to tell them, the, the, that group of people, I'm going to destroy you. And Jonah said, why would I tell them to do that when, when they do it? You're going to change your mind. And Jonah was justifiable, justifiable in his response. I already know what you're going to do, God. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna send me there. I'm going to preach. They're going to repent, and you're going to change your mind. And, of course, that's what happened. And Jonah sat under the tree ready to, to die. <laughs> he did what he was told to do, but afterwards he sat, up, sat under the tree and was ready to die, and the story ends. So the question uh, um, that we, we, we have to ask is, what is Copeland more afraid of? Is he more afraid of it coming across as being not disingenuous? I believe he's very genuine with what he said the first week. Or is he more concerned about uh, seeing that this isn't changing and it's actually getting worse? But one thing we both know is that the only thing we can do is pray. I, I don't believe we have the com, the authority to command, and I know I know uh, so many people, um, so many people will 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 use uh, this time to start decreeing, the commanding, and all of that, and what so. Um, it's just how it is. We must allow this to play itself out. Uh, speaking of playing itself out, here's this last little clip of the good Reverend Copeland, which is just from this past uh, weekend uh, from his uh, 
one of his other services. And listen, <laughs> and this one has really gone viral. This this clip, if no other clip he has done has gone viral. This clip has gone viral, and this clip is what makes me question uh, uh, Brother Copeland. Take a listen. When, when Almighty, Almighty, strong, strong, south wind, south wind, heat, heat, burn this thing, burn this thing, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Satan, Jesus. you bow your knee. Satan, you bow your knee. You fall on your face. You fall on your face. COVID-19. COVID-19. I blow the wind of God. The wind of God. On you. On you. You are destroyed forever. And you'll never be back. And you'll you'll never never be back. Thank you, our God. Thank Thank you, our God. God. Let it happen. Let it happen. Cause it to happen. Cause it to happen. I'm gonna play it one more time. I got a kick at it. I'm sorry. When? When? Almighty. Almighty. got a lot of power apparently he, he blows the wind of God I, I didn't know God had a wind that we could control I, I do recall Jesus talking about the wind saying you, you feel it but you don't know where it's coming or where it's going well we got meteorologists now We they got the radars and satellites they can detect all of that but still you know we we don't send wind uh, at least I, I don't see any biblical examples of that. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Y'all help me out on that. I, I could be mistaken. But, but again, um, the heat of God. Now, I, I know they said that some viruses can't survive, and they they included this particular virus in that can't survive a virus above a certain uh, temperature. Uh, and so I don't know if that's the case with this particular virus, but, um, yeah, heat, but the funny, what, 
Uh-oh. What's really funny, and this is just honest to God, this is why I'm laughing. Those guys, the men, <laughs> just repeating after him, and they're like, <clears throat> and they, they go, oh, okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, they're just, they're just repeating what he says, and he's not sure. It's all top of dome. It's, it's all coming from the top of his dome, and they're just following along. And I can only imagine in some of their heads, like, dude, what? Huh? Yeah, pray for him. Pray for him. I, I am, I am uh, getting amused at, at his expense. I, I, I make no apologies for that. I'm laughing at his expense. Brother Copeland, I'm laughing at you. I, I'm not laughing with you. I'm laughing at you. Because uh, right now, and I believe with all your sincerity, with all your genuineness, and with all the intent of your faith and everything like that, you're making uh, all of Christianity look foolish. That you, There are going to be a lot of people who are following you and going to uh, subscribe to what you say and affirm your, your ministry for the last four or five decades that you've had. And as one of the persons who was a former supporter of yours, I got to admit, you know, it is what it is. But the reality is this is not the time for foolishness. We, we have a, an opportunity as the body of Christ. We have an opportunity like never before to be authentic witnesses to the faith. Uh, which is when all these churches uh, remaining open and, and trying to trying to make themselves look good in, in spite of all of this is doing more harm than help. It's really is is really hurting the witness of the gospel. And if we believe that uh, Mark 16 and uh, those last verses that really not in there, but were added on. And we believe that he has given us the power to heal, cast out devils, take up anything and drink it and won't poison us or anything like that, take up serpents. We believe all that. If we believe all that, uh, this would be the perfect time not to demonstrate it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, this, is to be, this is the perfect time to witness that this pandemic is an opportunity for us to witness to the passion of Christ. This this is this is the perfect opportunity because uh, let me um, I want to draw up a quote from a very very good friend of mine. Um, she posted that um, a few weeks ago, and uh, she's a fellow um, minister of the gospel and. While a lot of people are, a, a lot of people are just going against some of the things that those of us who are in in uh, states with uh, Republican leadership we're going against them just because they're Republicans and everything they can do is self-interest, blah blah blah, yada yada yada, so forth and so on. I want to read something from her. That I thought was really, really um, both touching 
and poignant and timely and, and much very relevant also regarding the passion and the Easter and all of this. Um, and she wrote this in the end of March. But listen to what she says. There are a lot of articles and sound bites floating around about Easter, whether it's canceled, whether churches should just show up and return to worship as usual that day, regardless of public health officials' plea. But they all seem to be missing the, the point of what Easter actually is in the Christian faith. It's not a holiday or a date. It's the annual reminder that God has and does and will continue to defy every oppressive system and subvert every unhealthy expectation we hold about who God is and who God loves in order to show us that we are all beloved and worthy of unthinkable love, no exceptions. If we are truly Easter people, we're going to have to do the painful, crappy work of sitting in fear and unknown all through Friday and Saturday. We're going to have to wander with the disciples if everything we've hoped for is really over. We're going to have to wonder if we can possibly go back to how things were before and if we even want to, if we could. We're going to have to accept that we do not know when or how God's spirit will move next, only that he is going to move. We're going to have to settle in alongside the disciples, stuck inside small groups together, scattered apart from the whole body, afraid to wade out into the crowds outside and all the things to, all the things come down. If we want to truly celebrate what our God has done and what is, is doing at Easter, we have to let go of our schedules and stay with the women at the foot of the cross until the very last breath, however damn long it takes. We cannot skip this part. Because as much as we hate it, there is no resurrection without death. Easter is coming in God's own time. Our calling is not to force it into being prematurely, but to wait in faith, loving one another through this grief, trusting that even in the dark night of the soul, and I put that part in there, God is doing a new thing. I couldn't have said it any better. This is what the passion is all about. And I think we forget that part. We forget that part. That those disciples, the night Jesus was betrayed, they were in that room. And yes, we just have a picture of the 12. And we don't know if it was just the 12. We don't know if the women who were at the, at, uh, who went, to the tomb, we don't know if it was if they were included because scripture doesn't say who was all there. But those all those persons gathered in that upper room, and there's a speaking of it, there's a meme <laughs> that's going around showing <laughs> Jesus at the Last Supper, uh, uh, Da Vinci's Jesus Last Supper, <laughs> and then they they pulled some officers in there and said this is an illegal gathering. <laughs> Oh, man, that is hilarious. But anyway, that night, matter of fact, that entire week, his disciples had no idea what was going on in his mind. When he told them that he had to go to Jerusalem, they were like, you are going to get killed. Don't you know that they already tried to, the last feast we went to, they tried to get you, you narrowly escaped, and you want to go back? And yet they go and he does things while he's there. He 
He communes with people while he's there. He turns over tables while he's there. He does all this stuff while he's there. And he is eventually betrayed by one of his own. He goes to this garden. And his own people who he asked to pray with him couldn't even stay awake long enough to pray with him. We don't know how long it was before they took him from the garden to one uh, to Caiaphas's place and from Caiaphas's place to Pilate's uh, residence. We don't know how long that took, but what we do know is that in that moment, in that moment, he was anxious. He was experiencing anxiety of knowing what was going to happen. Even Peter was 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 it was like man I I don't even want to be associated with him this more with in this moment because I know that if I associate myself with him I'm going to die. It was a selfishness. Peter had the selfishness. The disciples had the selfishness. They left him. They let him die. While he was on the cross uh, before he been was on the cross let these Roman soldiers mock him, take his role, gamble for his role. Then as he walked down what they call now the Via della Rosa, the, uh, what, as he was walking down there, they used a black man, randomly pick him out and say, you just as cursed as he is, go ahead and carry the thing for him. You're no better than he is. You might as well have be you, you might as well be committing a crime and being crucified to him. Yeah, he can't carry this because we whooped him, we beat him, but hey, you know better than him. Take it. All of that. Think about that for a moment. And yet, in all of that, Jesus still took upon himself, like the way Paul puts it in in Philippians chapter 2. He was humble to the point of death, even death on the cross. And I would say not only was he humble to the point of death, but he was humble to the point of shameful death. Even the, the two thieves who were crucified with him acknowledged the fact that he didn't do anything worthy of death. But in the minds of the Roman government, in the minds of Jewish leadership and religious leadership, he did. We've got to have that passion. That's the passion we have to have this week, however long this pandemic runs, as it runs its course. This is our opportunity to rediscover that passion that Jesus had for us. If you're not a Christian, it's understand. It's, it's okay that he still had the same passion for you. And the same passion he has for you as you're witnessing people lose their life, your uncertainty of what happens after death. I want to reassure you that there is still a hope. You may not buy into the life after death. You may not buy into the hell or the heaven. You may not buy into that. But the one thing you can buy into is that there is hope. There's hope beyond this pandemic experience. There's hope beyond all of that. There is hope. And that hope should sustain you to live another day and to give another day. Eventually coming to realize that even though you may not have a faith in Christ, in the work of Christ, or God through Christ on the cross, you may not have a faith in that, but you have a faith in humanity. That the God that we believe who created us all 
has placed within us a love for one another, a passion for one another to serve this present age, if nothing else. I have that passion in the midst of that pandemic. I do. That's why I'm not putting my congregation at risk. That's why, whether I agree with laws, some bad, good, and I understand separation of powers in the state, and I understand the scripture says we are to obey all those authorities. I understand all of that, but, but here's the one thing. I yield only to God, and I believe God will deliver us. I'm not going to try to command and blow or anything like that. I know we will make it through this. I know we will. I'm confident of it. I'm confident that we have creative minds who will come up with vaccines. I know we have creative minds that will come up with strategies to implement to save lives. I I know we've always done that. We've done it. And we will continue to do so in the next thing to come. This is not the first. It won't be the last. It would not be the first or last time we will be challenged as a human race. Because no one, and this is certainly proven, no one is an exception to this rule with this virus. Anyway, I'm going to go. I'm home. Little dude wants me to take him for a walk or whatever he wants to do. I don't know. But y'all heard him. Y'all probably heard him whimpering. I'm sure you did. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, get off this and um, I'm pray for you all. I hope that you all pray for me. And um, we go through this, we will come out victorious. Uh, anyway, before I go again, I want to invite you to uh, follow us on all our social media. Go to the Pastor Neil Zero Network on Facebook. Join there, like that page, uh, listen to all the um, uh, archive shows. Follow us on all uh, wherever you can get a podcast. This show is available. We're also available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple, iTunes. We, we're all over the place. I want to invite you um, to listen to my new podcast, Be Your Differentiated Self. We had a, uh, we have a new episode coming out soon. We hope to have it out. And uh, we want to invite you to uh, listen to that. Go to, uh, what is it? Oh, God, I'm Anchor. <laughs> Anchor.fm slash uh, Dr. Lorenzo Neal and um, listen to that. Uh, also follow us on um, Twitter, as I said before, show handle at Zero Radio. I'm distracted because my dog is playing with something and I don't know what he's playing with. And he's, yeah, anyway, follow us on all our social media. Twitter at Zero Radio is the show handle. At Lorenzo T. Neal is my personal handle. Uh, I want to invite you to become a patron. Support this show. You can become a patron on patreon.com slash Lorenzo Neal for a little as a dollar a month or however you want to support us. We appreciate it. Uh, we, we, we hope to be doing this again sooner than later. And whatever you do, um, do it all to the honor and glory of God. Now I'm going to go out in a fun way. <laughs> uh, some church somewhere praise team did this song, and uh, I found it on Kev. Kev on stage, who's a YouTuber, and he put this video, and I I just thought it was cool, funny. Praise teams, don't y'all be singing this song 
uh, <laughs> next Sunday, any Sunday. It, I, I don't even know what I think it anyway, but uh, here it is. You guys have a wonderful day. Until next time, this is Dr. Neil, and I'm out. Saw this on the internet. I guess we just make Corona praise and worship music now. I want to be mad.